You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Bird's Eye View on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Lori Hess, here with my co-host, Michelle Ravitch. Thanks so much for joining us. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about household emergencies with birds, and there are quite a few. Um, We're bird veterinarians, and we see quite a few emergencies every day here in the hospital, so we're going to go through them one at a time to better prepare you. Right, Michelle? Yes, that sounds like a good plan. Okay, well, we'll be right back to talk to you all about household emergencies. Stay perched. We'll be soaring back right after these messages. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Bird's Eye View. I'm here, Lori Hess and Michelle Ravitch, and we're going to talk about household emergencies and birds. So, Michelle, you want to start? What are some common household emergencies? Sure. Well, why don't we start with emergencies that can happen outside, especially since right now it's summertime and a lot of people are taking their birds outside, whether they're in a cage or on their shoulder. And we always recommend if you're going to take your bird outside to have its wings trimmed. Because even if their wings are just long enough and they can't fly great, you get enough wind and they can be gone and into a tree where you can't reach them. And it's always important to test fly them before you bring them outside first. So test them in your house and make sure that they can't get any lift. Really good point. Every summer we see birds fly out the window, fly out the door, and they fly away. All it takes is one gust of wind. So that's something we can really prepare for by just checking your bird inside the house. And maybe, you know, from week to week, a bird's wings can grow just even a few millimeters, and it can make all the difference between escaping and not escaping. Very, very good point. What else? And something along those same lines, um, birds can actually be microchipped like a dog or a cat. And so if you travel a lot with your bird or if you are concerned that they might be able to fly away, um, a microchip is a very important, I don't know, I guess, procedure. It's a method of identification, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. 
And I can help you find your bird if it gets lost. The microchips have universal scanners and pretty much any shelter or animal hospital would be able to identify them. Good point. And just so everyone knows, you know, a microchip is just a little implant that's put safely into the breast muscle of the bird. We do it all the time here. The bird is sedated briefly. We put a little chip in. It's completely inert. So it's completely safe to have under the bird's skin. It doesn't move. It doesn't go anywhere. And if you do have your bird microchipped, it's important that you register that microchip because it's one thing to put it in, but you actually have to call the company and have it registered in your name. So if your bird should fly away, and as Dr. Ravitch explained, is scanned at another animal hospital or an SPCA or um, other welfare organization, they are able to tie that bird back to you, relate that bird back to you, not just find the chip and not be able to do anything with it. And something else that seems silly, but I'm sure a lot of people haven't done, is if your bird has a band, write down the band number and keep a record of that somewhere. Um, and also give that to your veterinarian if they don't have it already. And that's a good point. We do that on every exam. We actually keep records here, so if someone isn't sure and they forget to do that, we can find the bird uh, that way. And we also will look at uh, birds that come in. If they're stray and they come in here, mm -hmm. we'll see if we have them in our system. Mm -hmm. Good point. And along the same lines of flying away, we also see a lot of birds that are attacked by other animals outside. And that can be if they're loose outside or even in their cage. We see some birds um, that get attacked by raccoons reaching through the cage bars or knocking the cage over. And that can cause some severe trauma. So it's always important to be outside with them monitoring them. Even if you think they're sitting on your porch in the, in the right. safe cage, very right. important. And it's not just wild animals. I mean, of course, you know, dogs and cats are predatory species. Birds are often prey, unless, of course, you're a hawk. And um, for the types of birds that we see, they can be just in the house, even in their cage. And they really shouldn't be within the reach of dogs and cats. I mean, you have to have birds up high. And certainly, you don't want to have them out, you know, unsupervised in your home. Okay. So should we move on to some things indoors to consider? Absolutely. And we had mentioned before the important reasons for trimming your bird's wings when you're taking them outside, but there are also some important reasons inside. A lot of people don't realize how dangerous their house can be, but things like ceiling fans, windows, birds don't always know that there's glass there. They can easily fly into a window, fly into a moving ceiling fan. If they're out and they're not being supervised, they will frequently chew on electrical cords or paint or other objects. And similar to animals attacking them outside, indoor pets, even really well-meaning ones, can cause trauma even just by attempting to play with them. Absolutely. I mean, all these things are simple things that you might not think of inside your home. Even a pot of boiling water in the stove. I mean, if a bird flies out of your hand, flies into the next room and decides to land on the edge of that pot, he or she can get severely burned. So mm -hmm. all of these simple things that you might not think of, again, you don't want your bird flying around your house. All good points. What about some toxic things? We see a lot of toxic injuries here with birds. Yeah, birds um, have very specialized and very sensitive respiratory tracts, and they're much more sensitive to things in the air than other animals. And this is actually why canaries were used in the mines as kind of a warning system for toxins and essentially bad air. They're one of the first animals to pass out or die if the air in the mines was poor. And similarly, in our house, things like nonstick cooking pans, which are used very commonly, they release a dangerous substance if they're left on the stove to burn, and that they can kill an entire household of birds within seconds. That's a really good point. And it's not just the pans. You know, there are toaster ovens. There are actually regular stoves that are sold that actually have Teflon inside of them. Many of the self-cleaning ovens, you don't want to turn those on and walk away because when they heat up, those microscopic vapors come off. And unfortunately, I have had patients 
patients, whole families of patients pass away when someone bought a new stove and didn't really know there was, you know, that kind of Teflon inside mm -hmm. the stove. So you have to really check with the manufacturers before you purchase one of these items and put them in your home if you have birds. Yeah, that's very devastating. Usually by the time you realize something's going on, it's unfortunately too late. Some of the other things we see frequently is lead and other heavy metal toxins. Birds can get this from chewing on paint on the walls, from chewing on jewelry, from chewing on toys. Another reason to very closely supervise your bird when they're out of their cage. Things that you might not even expect again, some Tiffany lamps, as the soldering often has lead in it. I've even seen it in corks that have been in champagne bottles and other bottles that have metal coatings over the top. When they get damp, the metal can leach into the cork and the birds can eat that cork and actually get toxic or chew on that metal wrapper if there's any kind of um, lead or any toxic stuff in there. So these are all things you just need to keep away from your bird. Yeah, very important. Some other emergencies that can happen, not necessarily relating to the bird getting into anything, but female birds can have emergencies trying to lay an egg. The egg can get stuck. We see this quite frequently. We get a lot of calls from female birds that can't pass an egg. And sometimes they just need supportive care, but some of the signs to recognize are if they're straining and if they have a wide base stance, if you know they're female and they've laid eggs in the past, or if you see abnormal tissue protruding from their vent or the outflow tract for um, their intestines and their reproductive system. Very, very important point. I mean, sometimes birds are confused. I mean, an owner may look at a bird that seems puffed up and straining and think that there's another problem going on. But if you, you, you know you have a female and it's very important to know the sex of your bird specifically for this reason, you know, that is a very common situation you need to address. What other things? Oh, leg band injuries. There's a good one. We do definitely recommend trying to leave that leg band on, but if you see that it's getting tighter on your bird's legs, if it's sharp, if they're obsessed with it and they're pulling on it all the time, that's something to address with your veterinarian to have him or her take it off. Ideally, as we mentioned before, we do want to leave it on because it is a source of identification, but we don't want it to cause a constriction of a foot or a toe or get caught you know, on the bar of the cage and, and have the bird get pinned there. So that's something to pay very careful attention to. What else? And sometimes we will actually also see toe constrictions from little bits of fabric or hair, especially from some of those fuzzy huts that have a lot of individual fibers that can get wrapped around the toe and they can actually lose their toe from that. And it's not a big deal. They can do fine if they lose a toe, but that is a source of infection if the toe is sitting there and blood supplies is cut off to it. So also very important to keep an eye on what toys and objects you have in the cage and make sure it's nothing they can get stuck in. Good point. I think there are a couple of other common aerosol-type injuries that we'll see in the house. As you mentioned before, you know, certainly anything that's coming off a heated pan, but it could just be smoke from a fire, like if you burn something in your kitchen, any kinds of cleaners, aerosolized cleaners. I know a lot of people have birds in their homes, and they may have cleaning people come through who are not familiar with birds and spray no aerosolized cleaners around the cage. These are all things that are, can be potentially very, very toxic to birds. Mm -hmm. um, and you really, really need to be prepared. You need to have a plan, I think, to get your animals out of the house. I mean, I just experienced this this past weekend. I had an old boiler that broke down, and, and I woke up on Sunday morning and found that there, my house was filled with this sort of sulfuric-type smell. And fortunately, um, I have four birds at home, and I had an emergency plan. So everybody in the house grabbed a bird and took the bird in its carrier outside 
outside to get fresh air. Um, and I do have canaries in my house, so I was quite worried based on uh, what Dr. Ravitch was mentioning with canaries in the coal mine. But you really need to have an emergency plan, whether it's a fire or toxic gas or whatever, to get your animal out of that house. But I, but I do think that um, aerosolized toxins are something that is, there are so many of them in our homes that we don't realize, even just hairspray. You don't want to get that near a bird because they are very, very sensitive. Their respiratory tracts are very mm -hmm. sensitive and it can be a big problem. Mm -hmm. What else? Should we go through some treatments and as far as emergency plans go, other things owners can do at home if any of these situations arise? I think that's a great idea. I think that we should take a little break and we will be right back to Bird's Eye View with me, Dr. Lori Hess, and my co-host, Dr. Michelle Ravitch, and we will be addressing first aid when it comes to household emergencies. So we'll come right back. Stay perched. We'll be soaring back right after these messages. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to 1-800-PetMeds.com forward slash best, B-E-S-T, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi there. Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. I'm Lori Hess here with my co-host, Dr. Michelle Rabish, and we are both bird veterinarians, and today we're discussing household emergencies. So we've gone through a whole list of common emergencies that we see here in the veterinary hospital that you might encounter at home. And now we're going to talk a little bit about what happens at home. Well, some of the things you want to do are assess what exactly is going on. Is the bird having difficulty breathing? Is it open mouth breathing? Does it have a huge, you know, effort every time it tries to take in a breath? Is it bleeding? You know, do you 
you think maybe it broke a bone, did it fly into something and now it can't fly, just to try to get an idea of what the problem could potentially be. It's very important. And in fact, we deal with this almost on a daily basis as we are on call 24 hours a day for our hospital. And I can't tell you how many times we get calls at night from bird owners that think they have an emergency with their bird and they're really, really out of control. They're hysterical, understandably. And we're trying very calmly to assess the situation. So you have to, you know, take a deep breath, take a step back and take a look. And if the bird, for example, bleeding is a really common Mm -hmm. one, what are we going to do? What would we tell someone if their bird were bleeding from a toenail versus a skin wound? Right. Well, one of the first things you can do, I mean, if your bird will step up for you and is used to being handled, great. If your bird is not used to being handled, you can take a fluffy towel and wrap the bird gently in the towel and then find where the bleeding is coming from, whether usually it's a toe or a wing, and take a clean towel or piece of gauze and apply pressure. Then you really want to apply pressure for a minute, for quite a while. If they're still bleeding after that point, we'll often recommend putting either cornstarch or flour on the bleeding area, and that will often help the blood congeal. And then just leaving, especially if it's a foot, keeping pressure off of it, not letting them stand on it right away just to allow the clotting to continue. Absolutely. And if it's really out of control, say it's a toenail that's really bleeding or the tip of a beak, for example, that's another common thing. Bird falls, chips the tip of its upper beak off, and there's just blood everywhere. What are we going to do now if pressure doesn't work? Well, one thing we can try, but if cornstarch doesn't work and flour doesn't work, is soap. That's a nice thing. Almost everybody has a bar of soap at home. And you can just kind of wedge that toenail or the tip of that beak into a bar of soap. And it's completely non-toxic. It may taste a little funny, but it certainly can pack the little hole and temporarily stop bleeding. The other thing you can do if you don't have soap is if you have a candle, you can warm up some wax and just take a little drop of wax and ball it around, you know, mold it around your fingers and just apply it as a patch over the bleeding toenail or the bleeding Mm -hmm. beak. That works great if it is a toenail or a beak. Sometimes you can have skin wounds. Um, You can even do that with feathers, obviously, blood feathers, a new feather that breaks when there's still blood within the feather shaft itself. That's a blood feather. Um, A lot of people, you know, we we will tell people that at the hospital, if there's a bleeding feather, we will actually pull that feather out to stop the bleeding. But that's really, really, really hard to do at home. So we don't typically recommend people try that at home. It's painful. That feather is rooted in the bone. And unless you really have two people are experienced, we don't generally recommend that at home. With skin wounds, sometimes those are a little tougher and you need to apply pressure to those areas. Certainly, you can apply cornstarch and flour and things like that. Those are non-toxic. The one thing you don't want to do is take styptic and put it in a skin wound because it's very caustic. It's very irritating. And even if you apply styptic to a toenail, typically if we do that here, we will let it sit for a couple of minutes or the tip of a beak. And if it's on a beak, um, we don't want the bird to ingest that material because, again, it's toxic stuff itself when it's ingested in large amounts. So if we apply it to the tip of a beak, a bleeding beak, and it stops bleeding, then in a few minutes we may just take a little bit of water and shoot it you know, with a little syringe or even just a little bottle, squish water over the edge of the, the tip of the beak so that some of that um, caustic material comes off. You don't want to scrub it off, obviously, because that would dislodge the clot. What else? Keeping a bird warm and quiet is also very important. Just supplemental heat. A lot of times if birds are sick and they're stressed, they can't thermoregulate and they can't regulate their body temperature appropriately. So keeping them nice and warm somewhere, you know, in the low 80s and keeping them quiet. Not a lot of people running around screaming, you know, very quiet, very calm. The minimal amount of stress that the bird, you know, that's going on around the bird. Very, very important. 
what if a bird is injured and can't get around his cage or can't get to the mm-hmm. food or say even has an injured beak and can't eat its normal food? Mm-hmm. You want to take a very good look at the environment and see what you can rearrange. You're essentially making a hospital cage for the bird. You want to think about lowering the perches and removing excess perches. Maybe there's just one really low perch. You want to think about the proximity of the perch to the food dishes. Maybe the bird is so weak that it can't get up on any perch and you just want to put a towel on the ground with food on the ground right in front of the bird, you know, on the bottom of the cage so he doesn't have to climb at all to get to food or water. You also want to take a look at the food that the bird is eating and if it has a broken beak or if it's just not feeling sick, tempt it with different soft foods. You can use soft breads or even like scrambled egg whites or anything that's really soft um, that you can try to tempt them to eat. Absolutely. Remember, birds have a very, very fast metabolism and they get dehydrated and they get weak quickly, so they do need to eat frequently. So we will, in real dire emergencies, have people pick up hand-feeding formula, like for baby birds, and even syringe feed small amounts if they're far away and they can't get in. I think one good point that you had about putting a towel on the bottom of the cage and rearranging the perches, there are some birds that, regardless of what you do, no matter how low you put that perch, they insist upon climbing all the way back up to their normal perch. So in those cases, we will actually pile towels up from the bottom all the way to below that perch so that they can still sit on their perch and maybe get, you know, be in their familiar spot. But if they should fall, then there's a towel just beneath the perch so that they're not injured. Very good idea. And something else you can do too is if you have a small carry cage, you can put the bird in the carry cage. It's small, you know, hopefully the bird is used to it. And that way you can also transport them easily without having to move them between multiple cages. That's a good point, too. I think, you know, a lot of people make that carrying cage so rare that the bird never sees it. And as soon as it's taken out, the bird immediately thinks, oh, no, I'm going to the vet. And they have a horrible reaction. It's a really good idea to prepare your bird for travel and to get used to it and to have that carrying cage out and feed him treats in there and maybe even take him in the car every once in a while around the block in that cage just so he's not afraid of it. And even toweling your bird, it's a really important skill. We talk about that in the hospital all the time. In fact, our website, which is www.avianexoticsvet.com, has a wonderful video on there on toweling your bird. A lot of times people have to give medication to their bird, um, even to pick up a bleeding bird quickly and assess it. You have to do that in a towel. And if birds have never seen a towel or you're not comfortable with a towel, this can be quite traumatic. So we do recommend that you take a towel at home that you don't care about. You let it be your bird's towel. You let him walk in it. You let him walk under it. You drape it over his shoulders, you make tunnels, you play, you know, Superman games with it, don't necessarily wash it unless it gets really soiled, let it smell like your bird, and that way he's comfortable with it. And if you have to medicate him or, you know, bring him in the car to the vet even, you can do that right away and you don't spend hours chasing him around and stressing him out. Very good idea. So if you do get to that situation where your bird needs immediate attention and you have your bird in the travel cage ready to go, you know, what are some of the things that we do right away when a bird arrives here in an emergency? Well, the very first thing we'll do is before we even touch the bird, we just look at him in the carrier and we look at his breathing. Is his mouth open or closed? How rapidly is his chest rising and falling? Um, Is he fluffed up or is he sleek? Sometimes when birds are fluffed up, it can be an indication that they're trying to trap warm air between their bodies and their feathers to stay warm because they're not feeling well. Certainly if their mouths are open, they're having trouble breathing or if they're breathing rapidly, they're stressed, they're either painful or maybe they're truly having problems breathing. Those are birds that we can only handle for short periods of time. So we have to, you know, really assess them quickly and put them down because too much stress, you know, can kill a bird. So that's the first thing I think we look at. Um, What else do we look at? 
Um, we definitely look at what their stool looks like. Do they have any stool? Does it look normal? Is it an indication of what they've been eating recently? Does it look like they've been bleeding into their intestines? Um, a very good evaluation of their stool. Um, we also look at their cage, actually. I mean, if an owner is bringing a bird in its regular cage, which we don't recommend unless it's a true emergency, usually a, a regular cage is too big for the car ride and it can be dangerous because they can fall off their perch if they lose their balance. But if they do come in their regular cage, we assess the cage and we look to see are the perches appropriate? Is there anything the bird could have injured himself on? Is there anything the bird could have ingested? What kind of diet is he on? Because even if the bird has an injury for some other reason, knowing whether or not he's on a nutritious diet is important as far as healing goes. Yeah, I think in general, we know a lot about the bird just by looking at its surroundings. And even at home, we'd recommend using either newspaper or white paper towel on the bottom of the cage at all times rather than, you know, shredded paper or worse, so things like corn cob and, and things that potentially could release dust and, and be a problem to the bird. Mostly because you really do want to see how much food your bird is ingesting. And if you see that, uh, you know, a day goes by and there's no droppings, then it's likely the bird isn't eating. So that's something, certainly assessing the cage and the surroundings, even before mm-hmm. we touch the bird on emergency is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Right. Some of the other things we might do right away, we might put the bird in oxygen on a heating pad immediately because we don't want to touch the bird until it's stable enough to be handled. And just giving the bird some time to breathe in oxygenated air and to warm up will often make a big difference in how stable it is. Absolutely. Those are all things that we will do here. And then if you really are on the phone with your vet or one of us, even on emergency, if you come to see us, these are things we will ask you to do over the phone. So, you know, again, if you can't get in touch with someone or you're on the phone um, with a vet and, and he or she is asking you questions, you do want to see what is the posture of the bird? Is its mouth open or closed? Are there droppings? Has it eaten? How's it standing? Is it huddled? Sometimes birds, when they really can't breathe, they'll crane their neck out and they'll straighten, flatten their bodies out to try to open up their lungs and their air sacs to try to breathe. That's a clear sign for us that we really can't handle the bird, that any kind of handling or touching could be a big problem. And something else that's hard to remember, but if you do remember, if you think your bird has ingested something inappropriate, try to bring that with you so that the veterinarian can take a look and see what it is, whether that's some sort of toxin or an object that might contain lead in it or other heavy metal. Just trying to bring it with you so the veterinarian can evaluate it. Yeah, and certainly realize that birds, when they swallow things, they go down really quick. And if a bird swallows, you know, an object that it shouldn't, such as like an earring or something else that might be retrievable, it's much, much better to get that bird to the hospital as soon as possible because if that object is sitting in the crop, that dilated pouch of the esophagus in the neck, it's much easier to reach into the crop to get it out than to wait till it goes down the esophagus Mm -hmm. into the stomach and then to try to scope it out from there or worse yet, have to take it out surgically. So... You know, again, if your bird gets into something toxic or you think there's an emergency of any of these kinds, don't wait. Birds uh, go downhill quickly and you really want to get uh, medical attention fast. Right. A lot of times we'll see birds and, you know, as far as the owner's concerned, the bird has only been sick for a day or two because the bird has only shown that it's been sick for a day or two. You know, only for the past two days has the bird, for example, been fluffed and hunched in the corner, but now suddenly it's not eating. But keeping an eye on your bird every single day, I mean, some people actually wear their bird a few times a week on an appropriate scale, and that's actually a very good idea because one of the first things you might notice if your bird is sick or getting sick is that it is losing weight when everything else appears normal. So looking at your bird stool, looking at how much they eat, looking at how much they drink, and looking at how much they weigh may indicate sooner that the bird is sick, um, and actually sooner than the bird is actually showing you that they're sick. 
Absolutely. And, and at this time of year, during the summertime, lots of people travel. And we have to remember that birds, unlike cats or dogs, that maybe could be left alone a day or two with a bunch of food. You know, birds really can't. They need to be looked at every single day. They need fresh food every day. They need clean water every day. So if you're going to be out of town, either have someone come to your home every day or board your bird in an appropriate location where he or she can get attention every day, this lessens the likelihood that they're going to get into an emergency situation right. like that. And I do think it's important, too, that you, in the, in the vein of preparing for emergencies at home, that you have emergency numbers listed, say, on your fridge, like we do with our children, that you have your veterinarian's number readily available in case your caretaker, if you're out of town, knows who to call, that they don't have to be searching around and looking in the phone book or online for somebody who might be appropriate. It's better to have your veterinarian's number where your vet knows your bird. And if you don't regularly take your bird to the vet, you really should, for the, if not for the social reason of having an emergency contact person who knows your bird and your bird's medical history in case you do have an emergency. Exactly. It's a very good idea. So I think we've covered quite a bit of ground today. I think we could probably talk about this forever, but hopefully, you know, we've driven home our message to you, which is to be prepared, to be knowledgeable. We're very, very big into preventative medicine here at our hospital, which is the Veterinary Center for Birds and Exotics. And we see lots and lots of birds, probably more birds than we see any other species. And we like people to be ready and ready to go in case there's an emergency and to be familiar with their birds' care. And, and just the same way you prevent disease in cats and dogs, do the same for your bird. If you have questions, we'd be happy to talk to you further. You can reach us through our website, www.avianexoticsvet.com. We're online. And if you live in the area, we'd love to meet you and your bird. So we thank you very, very much today for listening to us at Bird's Eye View. We're out of time, and we'd like to thank our producers for making this show possible. And we hope that you'll tune in again to listen to Michelle Ravitch and myself, Lori Hess, here at Bird's Eye View. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.